Welcome to Freedom Matters Today. I am Michael J. Sutton, and this is the third episode in our series, Freedom from Fascism, a Christian response to mass formation psychosis. This episode is about how we can overcome mass formation psychosis with the truth. As I said last week, the silence of many in the Christian church during COVID was a sin. But how were they silenced? Certain experts crept in. There were backroom meetings where church leaders were taught the secrets about COVID. These meetings with the experts were the crude instruments to enforce conformity. As was the case with the Omicron rhetoric, there is evidence of propaganda in these churches as everyone repeated the same arguments for complicity as if reading from a received script. The Christian church has a voice in society, and people in power knew that voice needed to be silenced to promote their partisan political agenda. The church fell for it again. Christians love it when important people talk to them. They love it when the rich turn up to their meetings. That's the problem. When people of wealth and power walk past the church, the church gets excited and they forget about God. This is what happened in the COVID hysteria. But like the persecution of the unvaccinated, the church went further. The church was recruited by the state to do its partisan bidding. In some denominations, the silence was deafening. Conformity was enforced. The rebels in the smaller independent churches were demonised by the established churches eager to do what they were told. Like rabid dogs, they fell over each other, salivating at the lips, trying to outdo each other in the hit pieces they wrote against those who refused to toe the line of partisan politics. Your clever work will not be forgotten, my friends. God will not forget what you did and what you continue to do against his people. These hit pieces targeted fellow Christians who refused to bow to the state. Good work, a high point in your journalistic careers. However, the capitulation of many priests, pastors and ministers during this partisan political time is not surprising. Many priests, bishops, ministers and even archbishops have no problem lying to their congregation about COVID because many of them lie for a living. Many church leaders do not believe in the central ideas of the Christian faith, such as the actual bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. When you sit them down and ask them for their personal views, they will tell you that they don't believe a word of it. They might be honest with you, but not in public. I have had many of these conversations over the years with priests in Australia. They all have a different spin. There are at least four versions of it. They say, if Jesus rose for you, then he rose spiritually. Or, the resurrection is theologically true, but not literally true. Or they talk about the contradictions in the Gospels, or the mystery of faith. They're entitled to their opinion, as we all are, but if they do not believe, why are they priests or bishops? Every Sunday they stand up and say they do believe in the resurrection. They recite the creed and say every week they believe in something they do not. They're hypocrites. Lying about COVID was not a big deal because lying is just something they do 
every Sunday. Some denominations struggle to find belief at all, and that's not a surprise. Unbelief is strongest in the church, especially churches drowning in tradition and ritual. They are more museums now than a living testimony of faith, eager to please everyone but ending up pleasing no one. All the older churches are in serious trouble. The axe has been at the trunk for some time, the blade is sharp. People see through the facade and they are sick of the hypocrisy. They vote with their feet and leave. The church only limps on by the patience of God. It is only God that holds back the decisive chop. Their great weakness is their love of money. God will tear the Western church down, brick by brick, cathedral by cathedral, troll hoard by troll hoard, bank balance by bank balance, property by property. Where your treasure is, that is where your heart is, and the church loves money above all else. Their fingers grip their wealth tightly, the whites of their knuckles strain as they hold onto the money bags, and their eyes furtively glance back and forth, eyeing suspiciously anyone who might dare to threaten their wealth. John tells us, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. The church says, We don't have any, while counting their money. Many churches were silent during the pandemic because of their love of money. They have built a kingdom on earth and hope Jesus will not return because if he does, there goes the wealth. The church in the West covets money and power. The veneer is Christian, the facade, but the heart is greed. Christianity is just the wallpaper covering over the gold and the silver. The future of the Western institutional church is clear. God will strip the church of all their wealth until all they have left is him. If you have God, you have everything. But it is difficult to look at God when your hands are full of cash and you are treading over the poor and the weak in search of more money. These church leaders are happy to betray their saviour for a dime and yet unable to part from 1% of their vast financial fortune. Karl Marx said something like that a long time ago and he was absolutely right. You will have to look hard to find churches in love with money also cherishing freedom. The love of money enslaves. Churches that love money have a lot of rules, which is not surprising. Covid hysteria was designed to overturn freedom and usher in tyranny. This suited many Christians whose lives are anything but free. Many Christians hate freedom, even true freedom. The idea that God brings freedom fills them with disgust. They want the rules and the regulations, and the stipulations, and the restrictions. This war against freedom is an ancient war, fought no more strongly than in the church. People have been fighting this war for a long time, and will do so until the return of Jesus Christ and the end of all things. Jesus arrived on the scene with one intention, to bring freedom to the soul, to the heart, and to the mind. It is no wonder the church hates freedom, because what Jesus came to do, they continually oppose. And it is no wonder the disciples of COVID in the church rallied against freedom. Jesus said, 
in the Gospel of St. John. If the Son shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. John 8.36 The Apostle Paul said in a letter to the church in Corinth, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17 To the Galatians he wrote, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Galatians 5.1 None of these verses have anything to say about democracy. The early church flourished in the first century under the Roman Empire ruled by dictators such as Caligula and Nero. This was 1800 years before Western democracy, before elections and long before America. Freedom is ancient. It is not new. It predates modern democracy. It has no language barrier. It is not patented by anyone and no one nation or party can claim ownership of it. We are the freest when we know God, and God knows us. Freedom that comes from God is freedom from sin, freedom from death, freedom from guilt and shame, and freedom from fear and despair. To know God is what it means to be a Christian. It is not about obedience or regulations or morality, but it is knowing God, who he is, and what he has done for us. The starting point and end point remain the Bible, which is where God speaks to us today in words we can understand, and God speaks to our hearts, our minds, and our souls. True freedom does not come from democracy. True freedom is a gift from God. When we know God, we can know ourselves and the world around us. COVID hysteria shone a light on the tapestry of deceit in our society and highlighted what is true and what is false. It once again showed the lie of democracy, that democracy and freedom are synonyms. They are not. Many people believe that freedom is about the state and our relationship with the government. It is not. Freedom is about us and our relationship with God. The only freedom worth having is one that is real and for everyone, regardless of who they are. Freedom cannot only be for a small group of people. It must be for all, or at least offered to all. Otherwise, it is not freedom. True freedom needs to be such that it cannot be taken away, censured or censored, restricted or removed, suspended or withdrawn. True freedom exists regardless of circumstance, social standing, wealth or position in society. One of our first tasks in stripping back misinformation is to go after counterfeit freedom. When many people talk about freedom, they're not talking about true freedom, though they're using the same word. Counterfeit freedom is what people in power offer those whom they hold in contempt, those without power. People in power generally neither live by the standards they demand from others, nor do they grant true freedom. They lord their position over others. They use their position to abuse others, climb over others, exercise power over them, and control them. People in power in democracies 
have no idea how you live, have no intention of living like you, and will never emulate the standards they continually demand of you. They demand everything, but give little in return. We also see counterfeit freedom at work since the lab leak in the Wuhan Virology Institute in China. When you're playing God, you need to know everything, but no one does, and no one can. Poor, innocent bats in some market somewhere got the blame. They didn't have any good defence lawyers, since they have no human rights. The cover-up over the lab leak made no sense. Research into viruses is a global effort. Nations want better technology and the edge. Driven by profit and power, they push forward, cut corners, and mistakes invariably happen. If the world admitted the truth back in 2020, the response to COVID, the creation of COVID hysteria, might have been different. Once again, it is all very human. It is about fear, about guilt and responsibility. But there are other things going on as well. Something is different this time. Something has changed. The high point of American global rule is over. The world is in flux. Had there been no anxiety over the future of America, the pandemic would probably have been approached differently. But America is in trouble. Everyone knows the global tectonic plates are shifting. This coincided with another trend, which is what people in power never tell you. And that is, many of them don't believe in democracy. It gets in the way of their agenda. They simply tolerate it. They are elitists or fascists, and they believe that political power belongs in the hands of a small group of experts who should rule the nation and compel everyone to obey. They also believe that ordinary people are stupid and irrelevant. A small group of people in power came up with a way to advance an agenda to destroy what is left of liberal democracy in the West, to push it further towards the abyss. They wanted to see how far they could advance their scheme using the existing structures, laws and systems. These people believe in a better future. COVID is just the continuation in their century-long struggle to produce better quality people and fewer people if possible. Despite all their pretensions, they are not leaders. They're not young leaders, nor will they be real leaders. A true leader is a person of the people, someone who lives alongside them and with them, and someone who goes into battle with them, not behind them. A true leader is a servant, a friend to all, and is always prepared to die for their people. A true leader is a person whom even their enemies respect. Such a person anyone will follow. The problem with these fascists is that they could not even come up with a perfect model for indoctrination. Too many people saw through it, and too many problems emerged with the tools they employed to promote it. The COVID hysteria lasted about a year, and is now falling apart at the seams. It was poor hypnosis based on dodgy science and faulty technology. It seems now the vaccines are unable to stop infection, transmission, hospitalisation or death. Eventually, COVID hysteria will be closed by the people who created it. The cost has been horrific. But what about the followers they have left behind 
these new converts to the state. They were exploited and led astray. Many of these converts were lost souls anyway. They exist in a dazed state and are easily manipulated. A cacophony of voices competes for their minds. People live with a constant factory of fear and manufactured anxiety. These fear factories target our entire system, our mind, hearts and memories. They sow anxiety to unsettle, undermine and overthrow our ways of thinking. Fear of the unknown, fear of others, fear of COVID and fear of the future has become the new normal. This is not freedom, this is tyranny. Maybe you are one of these true believers. Two years ago, you didn't trust people in power. Now you do. You cannot be swayed from your conviction that people in power are always right. And they will never, ever lie to you. You are devout in your belief. You listen to people in power because you trust them completely and absolutely. There was no chink in your armour, no Achilles heel. Daily you listen faithfully to the new mass, the daily COVID briefings. You line up for whatever booster shot is an offer, and you will not hear anyone who presents an alternative point of view. You have become a weapon, a tool of people in power. You were brainwashed in less than a year. Your beloved leaders represent absolute truth, and they can be trusted implicitly and completely. You know they will always tell you the truth because they want to protect you. You don't need to question or doubt or disagree because you are not an expert and only the government knows the truth. You don't want to be wrong. You don't have the courage to admit you were wrong and you keep believing the lie. Some of you will eventually wake up, but many of you will believe that you were never lied to for the rest of your lives. You rant and rave at the unvaccinated. You avoid them. You break friendship and fellowship with them. You cast them out of your homes and out of your churches. But one day, you will be in the nursing home or hospital, dying alone, because your children and grandchildren are ashamed of you and what you did. You will hold stubbornly to your belief that life was perfect before the unvaccinated came along. It was all their fault because they questioned our beloved leaders. The unvaccinated were to blame. They made us sick. They were selfish. Our leaders were the cure. History will not be kind to you. You will die alone, unloved and forgotten, objects of shame and targets for ridicule. Kids, children, they don't like the person you will become. Angry, bitter, resentful. Remember that when you continue your rant about the unvaccinated in the years to come and condemn every question as a conspiracy theory. You make fun of Christians, but you have your own religion now. You will obey and trust the government and bow in bended knee to the state. Why would they lie to you? But if they do lie, what then? Will you give up your faith? Probably not. Even their faults will become their virtues. History will record COVID hysteria as one of the great crimes of the last hundred years, the latest sordid eugenics nightmare. Triple injected or quadrupled injected individuals should not 
be contracting the virus at all. Each day we step further away from COVID tyranny and it is quickly vanishing from view. In the future soon, we will be told this. We will be told it's old news and we have more important things to talk about. Or we will be told to stop dredging up the past. Or we will be told that governments were only trying their best with the information they had at the time. We will be told accidents happen. Or we are only human. People in power lied for two years about this pandemic. They are still lying. People continue to believe even when the narrative changes and new truths are declared and old truths are declared no longer true. What we have seen is a half-dozen sudden shifts in the COVID hysteria in unison or tandem around the world. These sudden shifts in the COVID paradigm of truth have occurred regularly and are rarely questioned. These shifts are indicative of a failed narrative and a false narrative. The sudden departures and shifts in the narrative should have been the warning sign that people in power were lying, but people in power got away with it. They usually do. The starting point is to think for yourself before you get dragged into the next bout of mass formation psychosis. It is possible that this is the war in the Ukraine. Many people in power in the West have not been this excited since 9-11. Many are ecstatic as they hide the body bags, the blood banks and they sign the defence contracts. Ukraine is also a testing ground for new weapons and technology to prepare us for the next war. Google it. Your kids, the ones you want to keep safe so you got them vaccinated, they might get called up and in the next war they can do their bit for freedom. Many people will now happily send their kids to die. They did last time. Remember the war on terror? That was propaganda. Name one individual we fought against in the two decades of that war, aside from Osama bin Laden. Bet you can't. By the time most people cotton on to any of these propaganda schemes, it's too late. That is how propaganda works. It is a painkiller to dull the senses while the death merchants move in for a profit. But there is another problem with mass formation psychosis, and that is, it is out of date. Not the reality of it, but the target audience. Many people in Western nations suffer from collective attention deficit disorder. They cannot keep their attention on anything for long enough. Time is essential for indoctrination, but Westerners are easily bored and always looking for something new. This is what I call the misinformation of misinformation. In other words, propaganda exists, but we still have a choice, and we can choose to ignore it. The misinformation about misinformation gives more power to propaganda than it deserves, and we are being lied to about its power over us. We are giving it far too much power in our thinking and in our estimation of its power. Controlling someone's mind is a difficult thing to do because life is difficult to control. Take a virus. Viruses are tricky things. They, like us, just want a place in the sun. 
Like all living things, they want to live. They escape and bypass vaccines, mutate and change. So do we. And so can we change. People choose to be indoctrinated. They choose to be hypnotised. Perhaps it is to forget the world we live in. Because our world is a dangerous place. In our world there are a few eagles moving around from one prey to the next. The eagles have a pecking order and behind them are the little birds along for the ride. The social influencers, the commentators, journalists, the strategic analysts, the experts bought and paid for. They scavenge and they sort and make their living from the titbits of the dead, moving from one corpse to the next. The internet is full of these little birds. They lie for a living. We are force-fed a steady diet of their poison every day. Covid hysteria is just the latest propaganda exercise, and don't worry, when Mr Covid has moved on, you will be able to believe in another manufactured lie to take its place, with a specific cause, a specific problem, and of course specific people to blame for it. You will do as you were told. Many of you always do. This mass formation is child's play. It's pigeon food. You were duped about the war on terror. You were duped about COVID. What is the next big thing to turn your mind, your heart and your soul? Some people in power in the church are now handing out the new script for Act 2. Act 1 was to support the vaccines. Act 2 is to oppose Russia. Churches that oppose vaccination are lining up to prove their patriotism and love of war. They want us to take sides and begin to hate. That is not a surprise. Time to do something different. We need to protect our minds, our hearts and our souls from misinformation. The only way forward in our world to combat deceit, delusion, propaganda and indoctrination is to do the most subversive, radical thing possible. And that is to open the Bible and read it. The Bible? The Bible? What are you talking about? Surely you mean protest, revolution, violence. Surely you mean voting out people in power and putting in the right people from the right party. One thing I've learned is that God only promises what he promises. He does not promise anything he does not promise. And yet we spend all our time away from the promises of God. Be careful what you do, or you might find yourself fighting against God and his purposes. The answer is not to be found in political action, or revolution, or violence. Because the target of propaganda is the mind, the only way to effectively combat these assaults is to defend the mind by opening the one book people in power hope that you never open, the Bible. Just listen to the church now. Their Bibles are closed. They've taken sides once again in another conflict, in a pattern that goes right back to the Crusades. As Christians, we believe that God speaks to us through the Bible, 
and therefore we read it to understand what God is saying to us today. God's word is as relevant to our world as it was thousands of years ago. People have not changed. God has not changed. People are the same everywhere, predictable and in need of saving from themselves. The Bible encourages us to renew our mind, to think on good things, positive things. It encourages us to think about who God is, what he has done and what he continues to do in this world. I also encourage you to do something far more dangerous than protesting. It is the most dangerous thing in the world you can do. And it is the one thing that people in power fear more than an army. And that is prayer. Pour out your heart to God. Plead with him for your nation, for your family and for your people. Pray to God and claim his promises. Prayer is the most powerful weapon you have. Many in the church say prayer only changes the prayer because God cannot change a thing. But that is not true. God hears our prayers And he is the God who answers them. He is the God who acts today. Do not mishear what I am saying. I am not saying go back to church or go to church. The church is not the answer. The church is part of the problem, and that is because church leaders are people of power as well. They have their own agenda, which is usually money, and they crave to influence the souls of weak people for selfish gain. Overall, there are exceptions, but many churches are now unsafe places. The greatest threat to faith in the West is not the government. Let me repeat that. The greatest threat to faith in the West is not the government, but the church. And the most dangerous institution in the world is the institutional church, especially churches under state control or influence. Many priests, pastors and ministers are soul catchers. They prevent the soul from reaching God and trap them. God wants us to know who we are and who he is. That is simply what a Christian is, someone who knows God and grows in the knowledge of God. To know God and Jesus Christ whom he sent is the Christian message. The church doesn't want you to know that. The more you know of God, the weaker their power over you is. The more you read the Bible, the more you pray, the more you think for yourself, the weaker their power over you is. God wants to know us so our souls can be free. The church wants to prevent us from knowing God so our souls can be caught by them, controlled and abused. Freedom for you is the last thing they desire. Many people go to church because they don't know who God is and they hope the priest does, but usually he has no idea either and so he hides behind rituals no one understands, but they look good and he can talk about the mystery of faith because he doesn't have any. Many people in power in the churches covet political power. People in power who seek to recruit the church for their own political ends are naive. They are better off recruiting vipers. The Church of England, the Presbyterian Church, Rome, Orthodoxy, among others, have enjoyed political power for centuries. Real power. 
that dwarfs anything political leaders have entertained in recent decades. There is nothing that excites the church more than the prospect of political power, the possibility of restoration, the return of the sword. They want their places of power back. Churches in the West were easily silenced in COVID because they want the power. They are easily silenced if they can gain more power and money. These things bring security and longevity. Their price is more power, more access to power, more influence. They want a role, a seat at the table, an ear in the cabinet, the confidence of the Prime Minister. They crave political power, not to promote the Kingdom of God, but to ensure their continual wealth and power. Many churches are no longer churches. They are corporations, powerful corporations, largely outside the tax system, and they wield a lot of power in the West. Christianity is just the face. The heart of the machine is money, lots of it, and it needs to be protected. I am sure the World Economic Forum has an agenda. Everyone does. But do not underestimate the power of the church and their ambition. It would not take much for the church to return to its places of power in the world. Because the deader the church is in the world, the more political power it assumes. These days, we're told that mass formation psychosis doesn't exist. We're told that propaganda doesn't exist. That's a joke. The church has been at it for far longer than the CIA, MI6 or KGB combined. The church knows all about mass formation psychosis because they are the template. They are the master craftsmen. They are the real deal. They have been weaving their black magic for centuries. They are the compass, the foundation stone, the architects of mass formation. They care little about the people under their control. They lure them in but do not enable them to think for themselves or reason or pray or ponder. The local church was and is the microcosm of mass formation where people are never set free, only controlled. The soul catchers have their methods, techniques, incantations and spells and freedom is a curse never to be uttered. To those of you who created the COVID hysteria propaganda exercise, I say, well done. You did well. It has about a year to go. It's already falling apart with the questions of myocarditis and cancer, death of the vaccinated and so on. But two years. Wow, that's amazing. Congratulations. But listen to this. The state-based Christian church managed to run a mass formation exercise that lasted centuries to foster hatred between Christians, Protestants and Catholics. Even today, prejudice remains with all the old hostilities and hatreds. The soul catchers run rings around anything governments can create. Sure, Mao Zedong ran his brainwashing for a generation. So what? Pol Pot for less time than that. Even Stalin needed a slaughterhouse because so few believed his brainwashing. Hitler's regime didn't last 15 years, let alone a thousand. The fascists and communists of the 20th century were aftershocks of the earthquake, which was the Christian church in the West. It would have been terrible to live in a world run by the Roman Catholic Church or the Church of England. There was no compassion, no tolerance, 
no forgiveness, no love, only tyranny and death. Those of you who love the conspiracy theories, you have been misled. You have been watching the wrong thing for years. COVID hysteria is but a ripple on the pond. The World Economic Forum did not drop the rock. They are an echo of the past. Their books are entertainment, craving accolades from the dead. They look back with envy to the true masters who in their glory shaped the world for centuries, not years. They are the ones who wrote the book on misinformation. It's their language. It's their alphabet. They wrote the script. We still live in their shadow and in many ways suffer from their curse. We all danced to their tune at one point. We are just actors in their play, and every play is a tragedy. Look what they did to Northern Ireland. Look at the history of the Church of England. Look at the religious wars. That is mass formation psychosis. That is propaganda. If you can create a lie that transcends nations and generations for over a century, then that is impressive. The Church has a dark history, a violent history, and one that really has nothing to do with Christianity and certainly nothing to do with Jesus. When you read the Bible, especially the New Testament, you're struck with the great revelation that the Bible described there is completely different from what the Church promotes and lives out. Many people have said that they love Jesus but hate the Church. The history of the Church grieves God because it is always in His name. The history of the Western Church is one long graveyard in a place called regret. It is an important distinction to make. Religion points to the Church, while faith points to Jesus. They're not the same. I do not defend the Church, nor its history of malice and hate. It's impossible. All the established churches have blood on their hands. Most Christians, however, rush to defend the history of the church, or they try to whitewash it. Not me. Christianity, for me, was never about the church. It was always about Jesus Christ and a personal relationship with God. All church buildings should be sold, and the money given to the poor. Churches can gather anywhere and everywhere. Jesus would do that, and so would I. There are no church buildings in heaven, so why should we have them here? For me, I am interested in the person and work of Jesus Christ, not the history of the church fascists and their devotees. It all comes down to Jesus and what you think of him. Those who love Jesus but hate the church are right. Jesus and the church are different. They're in different worlds. Despite the nightmare of the church, I believe we need to go back to the Bible and ask ourselves three questions. What did Jesus say? What did he mean? And what is he saying to us today? I believe that the only essential thing in the world is to see ourselves clearly once we see Jesus clearly. The rest will take care of itself. I believe that by reading, pondering, talking and discussing the Bible, you are engaging in the most powerful exercise you can do. The Bible is the most hated, the most subversive, radical text of our age, universally hated by people in power who want us to close the Bible and have us listen to them. Most people in power like the church. They just hate the Bible and whoever opens it. But most ordinary people hate the church 
and like Jesus. That is the paradox of faith in our time. If you want to change the world, open the Bible and read it. If you want to change the world, pray. Pray some more, and then some more. Find another person who wants to read the Bible with you and pray. And there you have the church as it was meant to be, God's way. Don't go to church, follow Jesus instead. That's all well and good, Michael, but what does it mean to follow Jesus instead? What's the difference between faith and religion? How can we overcome hypnotic persuasion from people in power using the Bible? And what side is Jesus on? These are all good questions. Listen to Freedom Matters today, next week. Be sure to subscribe to my newsletter by visiting my website, freedommatterstoday.com. Remember, freedom matters today because you matter to God.